0: Hello, and welcome to The Lancet podcast. Richard Lane here on Friday, November the 20th. This week, we're going to focus on a preclinical research article looking at the potential of embryonic stem cells in the production of skin epidermis. This could have future implications, particularly for people who suffer from severe burns. But just before that, a few other content highlights from the issue of The Lancet dated November the 21st to the 27th. Our long editorial this week focuses on children's rights, 20 years after they were conceptualised. Also, another editorial and a piece in our perspective section talking about the appalling practice of force-feeding prisoners and the role of physicians in it. In World Report, look out for an encouraging piece about child health volunteers and the health system in Uganda. In the research section, aside from the stem cells and skin study we're about to discuss. Look out for an article not previously published online and this is a genetic study looking at asthma. Also an epidemiological study previously published online concerning blood pressure in China. This week's seminar is about cleft lip and palate and in public health the hard travel article published online last Saturday along with a linked editorial. But let's hear now from two of the authors concerned with the preclinical study looking at the potential of embryonic stem cells in the production of skin epidermis. Earlier in the week, I spoke to Professor Christine Baldeschi and her colleague Dr. Mark Pachensky at the University of Evray near Paris. Professor Baldeschi, many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. You're one of the authors of a preclinical study and this concerns the potential of embryonic stem cells to help in the formation of skin epidermis. What's the main problem or issue that's preventing proper skin grafting being done at the moment?
1: Therapy for patients with burn is currently done with autologous skin graft. This epidermal replacement requires and in vitro expansion of the patient on sclerotinocyte. However, the major problem concerning this autologous skin graph is the three weeks delay request to obtain the needed amount of cells. During this period, patients risk to have desiccation and infection. Today, to avoid this major risk, the injury of the burns are covered using cataract skin. However, the benefits of this temporary skin substitute is empowered by the limited availability of this allograph and by their capacity to induce an immune reaction.
2: Mark Pichansky, I'm scientific director of uh, the iSTEM Institute.
0: Can you go on and tell us uh, about the concept here of, of the potential of, of how stem cells could possibly provide a a therapeutic solution here?
2: Stem cells, at least pluripotent stem cells like embryonic stem cells or IPS, the induced pluripotent stem cells, are cells that are both capable of a uh, limited proliferation, they are actually immortal in certain conditions, and they are capable of uh, any type of differentiation into specialized cells these two capacities, these two attributes allow them to be magic bullet, we would say, for cell therapy of any kind because it is at least theoretically possible to imagine a cell bank with cell lines that could be used at will to create any kind of organ or tissue or cell population which would be needed by physicians. And in the case of burns, the uh, idea here is to have uh, uh, epidermis that could be uh, produced industrially so that when it's needed, it's available immediately for patients and it can be provided to the physicians.
0: And can you just now detail the design experimentally that that you had to do?
1: We designed a multi-step sequential protocol taking account as closely as possible the long-term succession of biological steps that lead to the epidermis formation during ontogenesis. For that, embryonic stem cells were seeded on feeder cells in a medium supplemented with BMP4 and ascorbic acid. And during the 40 days of differentiation, we observed a rapidly decrease of the pluripotency marker and the apparition of the su- successive epidermal marker specific of epidermal ontogenesis. At the end of the 40-day of epidermal induction, the addition of BMP4 and ascorbic acid was stopped, and the cell presenting pavimentous epithelial morphology were isolated and amplified. This population of keratinocytes derived from embryonic stem cells are able to generate in vitro and in vivo after 12 weeks of grafting into immunodeficient mice, a pluristratified epidermis with all the characteristic layers of adult epidermis.
0: How would you summarize, if you like, the, the main finding, the key results there? To
2: summarize uh, this, uh, this results, we, we designed a protocol which replicates, could be called uh, uh, the recipes, the uh, cooking recipes of nature, to uh, to build the, the epidermis from cells that could be capable of providing bone, muscle, neurons, and so on. So to direct this lineage toward epidermis uh, formation by replicating this, the main finding is that we can indeed make epidermis, human epidermis, in the lab. So uh, it is uh, possible to make something which can replace uh, the epidermis fully constructed in the lab and provided to the patient like
0: um, a drug. What are the implications of your laboratory results here? Did you expect to get these results as clearly as you have done? And, And what are the next steps, both in terms of research, clinical research in this area, and ultimately a new therapeutic stem cell approach for skin loss? This work was actually
2: uh, done purposely to find a possibility of treatment for epidermolysis bullosa. So uh, at first, what we wanted to do was to find a way to provide those uh, patients with uh, skin that could be a tool to replace their skin, which is uh, because of the mutation going away. We not away from that, but uh, we thought that uh, the first application of what we have now, which is a protocol to make this epidermis, this human epidermis, the, the first application would be not with epidermolysis blosa, but with large burns because of this three-week period, which is a real critical period for those patients and which requires skin replacement without the problem of immune rejection, immediate, immediate immune rejection. What is interesting with this embryonic uh, cell-derived skin, it actually expresses very, very low level of uh, HLA antigens. And it's only after probably a very long period of differentiation and maturation that they will express the full set of antigens. So during these three weeks, it is possible to provide the patient with cells that will not be rejected that 's the first application, and we have actually started to uh, to organize with uh, uh, clinicians and uh, clinical researchers in cell therapy and people capable of providing GMP facilities to uh, to make these epidermis. we started to discuss with them to uh, to start. Uh, clinical trial whenever it's possible with the regulatory bodies allowing us to do, which should be within the two years to come. That's the first application. But behind that, we have the idea of uh, the same protocols being used with another population of pluripotent stem cells, which are the induced pluripotent stem cells. The induced pluripotent stem cells are reprogrammed cells from adult donors, so that it is possible there to look for haplotypes that are interesting for transplantation. And actually, the Lancet published five years ago a paper uh, by Taylor and co-authors showing that uh, it was possible to build, at least theoretically at that time, such a cell bank with cell lines available for cell therapy for a large population of the planet, actually, by looking for triple homozygous lines, that is, aplotypically uh, homozygous for HLA-A, B, and DR. And uh, by doing that, uh, it is reducing the diversity to a workable number of cell lines that could provide for replacement at least of epidermis uh, for the entire population. So our idea is really to get into immediately, actually, to get into working with, uh, in parallel to embryonic stem cells, these IPS cells and trying to develop this haplotypically homozygous cell bank so that uh, this would provide a bank of cells for any application for cell therapy except the bone marrow and hematopoietic themselves.
0: Clearly, it's a very early uh, study at this stage, being at the preclinical stage, but certainly the findings seem very encouraging. So, Professor Baldewski and uh, Dr. Pachansky on the line from Paris, thank you both very much indeed for talking to The Lancet. Thank you
2: very much for you. Thank you.
0: Many thanks to Christine Baldewski and Dr. Mark Pachansky for their time in contributing to this week's podcast. And do look out for the linked comment alongside this research article. That concludes everything for this week. Many thanks for listening. See you next time.